Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Tonight in our segments, we will be discussing Ephesians chapter 4, verses 21 through 24, building the Mount Rushmore of, oh, I didn't change it, of, uh, I believe, women in the Bible, yes. and beginning our discussions on millennials. I am Molly Kingston, your producer and fourth chair, chair panelist, and joining me in first chair is Pastor Ben Kingston. Dad, do you believe love is blind? Do I believe love is blind? Ooh. Sure. Okay. In second chair is Dr. Kevin Hooks. And judging by your look to dad, do you believe love is blind? I don't believe he believes love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have enough time to develop that topic. But uh, d does love cause you to overlook a host of sins? You bet. In that regard, yes. Yeah. So, so uh, I had two instances in my own family where love was blind. Two of my cousins, first time they met. Uh, Wait a minute, are we in Arkansas or Missouri? <laughs> this, this, <laughs> in, Indiana. Oh, yeah, Indiana. 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 Okay, well. They, they, their roots are in the boot hill, so close to Arkansas. <laughs> they, they met their wife. The day they met their wife, they told them they were going to marry him. Wow. And then and they did? later they did. And they're still together. That's Is that impressive. blind? But or all seeing, or revel maybe it was revelation. I don't know. Yeah, he they had an or a lot of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're I'm kidding. They're teetotalers like us. Yeah, amen. Praise God. Simple folk. Yeah. <laughs> all right, awesome. And last in our third chair is Ryan Mayberry. Do you believe love is blind? I'm going. It's a loaded question, mm. but I'm going to give a simple answer of no. Okay. And just not explain it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. And that's fine. I didn't, you know, Dad didn't explain it until Uncle Gavin challenged him on it. Uh, I also agree that love is not blind. I believe love sees all and still chooses to love you. Those in the audience, if you would like to share your answer to this question, text the number on the screen and I'll share them throughout the show. This also applies to any other questions or topics of discussions we broach. As always, if you listen later online, please comment your answer on the Facebook post and then like and share so that the others can join in on the fun. We also will be ending a little early today, so if we seem rushed, that is why. Um, in Awana, they are we sharing are. the gospel <laughs> message. Zoe, as that you pray that um, the children come with open hearts and open minds to receive that, um, and that the Lord moves, and that children are saved tonight during that time. Um, it's a very, it's it's a very interesting one this year because we're actually having some of our students give their testimony. So I'm excited to hear about those. Brent and Melody. Yeah, Brent and Melody Miller. All right, so Ephesians chapter four, verses 21 through 20. Four, I'll read them and then you can take it away. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And that was the ESV version. Okay. So, uh, I started with that same verse that we ended with last week. Yeah, it kind of continues. Have, yeah, but ye have not so learned Christ. And he was talking about essentially the, the sinful uh, before Christ life. You know, you've ever heard somebody say, well, that was me B.C. before Christ, and now this is me after death, you know, after I've reached or, or been introduced to Christ and the such. Um, and so... I'm trying to find my place here in the scripture uh, to look at something very quickly. Uh, 
the interesting thing for me here is that he starts this passage with, if so be that ye have heard him. So is he making, is he asking them? Or is he basically making the assumption you've obviously, if you're reading this letter that I have written to this church, you have obviously had a faith encounter with Christ. Therefore, the Spirit of God has indwelt you. Therefore, you have met him. And then you can almost hear him saying, right? You know, it, it's kind of, for me, not dissimilar to talking to someone that wants to be a member of the church. Um, that's thrilling. I, praise God. But I got to make sure that you are qualified to be a member of the church. And the only way to be a member of a Baptist church is to have a profession of faith to know Christ as your Savior. So sometimes that's an awkward conversation at the start, you know. Uh, and, of course, you know, 25 years at it, I've learned some, some ways to make it not so awkward uh, and the such. And so, uh, but then he says, uh, and have been taught by him. So, so you've not only been introduced to Christ, you've been taught by him. Well, how does that happen? How does someone get taught by Christ? And it's an easy answer. Bible study, church, the Word churches, of God, church, the Holy Spirit, Spirit of God. That's right. Especially in the beginning. Correct. Yeah, and and we have the authority of Scripture in John chapter sixteen that says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, and so you know you, you have this, and you can see it in church if you will pay attention, and the such. Uh, you have the Sunday school classes that we only we only use the Word of God. We don't need a textbook. We got we got our textbook right here. Okay, <laughs> great, hallelujah, praise the Lamb. That, there's no problem with that, but there's also no problem with having a textbook that helps you understand this book. You know, it, it, there's, there's all sorts of ways to learn, and so John 16 is not telling us that we can't use other people's understanding, you know, because the Holy Spirit guided them also. Uh, and so all that said, uh, th th this was just a neat thing for me of how uh, Paul was was developing what he was going to say here. Now, it's Dr. Hooks that our first person I, that I ever heard say, truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. And that is basically what Paul, the writer that's here... That's not from me, bro, by the way, brother. Oh, that's not original. See, you're ruined it. I may have been the first to say it Everybody to you. Everybody in I'm... here was impressed that you came <laughs> up with that. So who did you hear that from pl first? Plagiarism. Yeah. I think Robbie. Robbie. Robbie Zacharias. Um, so the truth is a person. So this was in quote uh, or parentheses for me as far as this is my opinion of what John is saying. What can you point to in your life that is proof or evidence that you have a healthy relationship with him? I think peace a lot of times. Like Very if good. I'm not anxious or struggling with those mental emotions so much, it, it means that I'm in a good spot. So... I followed this up with most carnal Christians live their lives the way they want to. And then they judge God's approval of them by whether or not he's blessing them or not. Mm. Well, that, then that person would have to say, I really don't have anything that I can point to to prove to you that I have a relationship with Christ. I just kind of hope I do. And if everything's going well, if my bank account's fat and I'm healthy, I'm not having to go to the hospital, I figure we're good. You know, no, 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 that, that's not what Paul is talking about. Point to me the last time you spent time with God, and it better be yesterday. 
you know, type right. Thing. Or this right. morning. You right. Know. Tell me somebody that he's working with you to help, you know, win them to Christ. So on. And, you know, all these things. That How we, you conduct yourself should. Correct. Also in, correct. in business or in de dealings with your neighbors and your neighborhood, your con conduct should be different. You should be honest. Well, so, so, he, so he's getting to that that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. And that word conversation literally means manner of life. And so that's absolutely right, uh, Dr. Hooks. But you skipped a verse. Um, Sorry. I, no, no, I'm messing with you. Actually, it wasn't a verse. It was just more of my commentary. Uh, so the, the, the person here that we're talking about, the carnal Christian, that he doesn't have the proof, if you will, of a relationship. There's no seeking, there's no worshiping, there's no thoughtful prayer time, there's no sharing of their faith, there's no monetary giving, no serving for the church or Probably Christ's sake. no saying. guilt. Right, no guilt as a result. Uh, again, all they have to go by is the circumstantial you know, situations of their life. Uh, but, but, and so Paul says, you need to put that off. You need to put that off. Uh, and again, this word conversation means manner of life. Uh, it's a choice. Now, he, he follows this up, you know, this whole manner of life thing is the Gentiles. That is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. In other words, there's no value in the old man and his manner of life before Christ. And then Paul says, and be re renewed in the spirit of your mind. So this is only going to happen through the disciples, uh, What I'm sorry, through the disciplines mentioned earlier. So as you and I can go back and foster, cultivate, and discipline ourselves in these areas of communication with the Spirit, allowing the Word of God to change and renew our minds. You know, like you said, doing those things that we know God tells us to do. I mean, there are all sorts of lists in the New Testament that we're supposed to do. You know, and so if, if we are familiar, you know, your spiritual gifts, putting on the armor, you know, sharing your faith, discipling those that come to Christ. If we can point to those things is as far as I'm concerned, that's what Paul is talking about uh, and that you put on the new man. Uh, everything in life outside of the uncontrollable is a choice. Now, I won't mention any names, but uh, a certain person that I deal with a lot hates it when I say, that's a choice. You know, this person will say, well, da da da, da and I'm like, eh, that's a choice. <laughs> they don't like that. You know, the reason they don't like it is because that means that they're in control, and they want to be able to say, no, no, this is happening to me. I don't have, eh, sorry, <laughs> time to put on the big boy pants. That's a choice, you know. Well, you made me feel, nope, that's a choice. Uh, and so... Uh, I think Paul is trying to make it very clear here that you need to make a choice on a daily basis, you folks there at Ephesians, to put off the old man and put on the new man. Comments? And that uh, old man, unfortunately, speaks right to us too much. He's got the oh, inside yeah. scoop on who we are. That's exactly right. And our, our proclivities uh, for pleasure, for our, our character flaws, all the things that... And, we can slip right back into that guy if we don't make a choice to, to not do it. And this is one of those verses that talks about that new man, putting on that new man. Well, well let's, let's talk about that real quick for just a moment. You know, when, when as youth director, I would talk to him about the fact that the devil is not anything comparable to God. You know, 
if I'm not careful, I see God as who he is, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present, and then I see the devil just right underneath him. No, no. Couldn't, you, can't, you can't visually or verbally explain the power dis- difference. There's no comparison. The devil would not hold a second in a UFC ring <laughs> with God, okay? But the reason we struggle with that is because the same is true, though, between the devil's power and our power. Right. We, we, right. You know, uh, the referee would not even allow the fight to start type thing. So we have to get in God's ring to have any chance type thing to take on the devil. Well, someone challenged me on that one time. said, wait a minute. Are you trying to tell me that the devil's not all-knowing? He's not all-powerful? I said, absolutely not. If he is all-knowing, all-powerful, ever present, he's on the same power level as God. And the scripture's very clear. That's not possible type thing. So how does the devil know? What, how, does he, how does he trick me up so How does he know me so well? He follows you. He's been studying you. That's right. The devil does not have to be all-knowing. He can read you by watching what And he's do. been reading people for millennia. I was going to say, and let's not get too high on ourselves. We are all very much the same, yeah, especially right. when yeah, our that, faults right. and right. our yeah. you know downfalls come yeah. into play. We all fall and trip up on a lot of the same yep. stuff, and so he has those memorized and he has a playbook. I, I've always you know used this as an illustration. If you're walking through a convenience store and you can't make it by the you know bad magazine rack without stopping, I mean good grief, he just puts two and two together. Okay, this dude struggles with the lust. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, Kawamo, you know. Uh, oh, I just, I can't understand why I just fight it all day. This keeps it, happening. That's to me. right. It's because he knows that you're weak in that area. Yeah. And you uh, keep going down that aisle. That, that's exactly <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I really. Why am I so fat? Yeah, because you've got candy in your, you know, thing and such as the potatoes and all that. So anyway, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say that I appreciated. Or not appreciated, that's probably the wrong word, but I highlighted um, the to be renewed in the spirit of your minds because I believe that half the battle is done in your mind. There's no doubt. And um, something I was just, when you were talking at PE, um, when they're talking about the kids running the mile, they're always like, running is a mind game. Your mind, you have to convince yourself that you're going to run and you're going to make it no matter what your body is telling you. And so, you know, I, I believe it's the same here. Like, if your mind is in the spirit if it's you know soaking daily in the bible and you are on good communication with god your mind's going to give you your body the power your body and your soul the power to move past those things and to overcome those things bruce wilkinson gave a real insight to me on overcoming those recurrent failures he he was basically sharing he he had gone through the same thing just a recurrent sin failure recurrent sin failure recurrent sin and it was one of his proclivities what thing he was prone to and he finally came to the realization that there was an ache in his soul, his mind, his heart that needed something to make it go away mm-hmm. or to soothe it or to bring pleasure in place of it, that, that ache. And he began to make it a discipline to say, Lord, I, I hurt here. There's a hurting mm-hmm. in my heart. I have no idea why. Can you bring comfort or peace? And he, he said the first time he was shocked that within three three to five minutes he was he felt comforted mm. so we we have a helper in the in these situations too a, a comforter that'll come and put his hands on us on a wound or a hurt or an ache that you might have for an o- for the old days or for 
the, the old times or for you know uh, a habit that used to bring you pleasure, you'll have that ache, and you can ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and relieve that or heal it. Um, and it, it's you don't necessarily get it healed the first time or ever completely right. healed, but just it's it's a con was a constant prayer friend. That's helped me. I, I found that to be true. Very good. Do we have anything else to say about these verses? Well, the last verse there, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, when we tr choose righteous actions, he creates righteousness in our lives. And, you know, I, I've tried to be completely transparent through the years. I, I, you know, there's very few things I don't struggle with on a daily basis. So the last person that's going to accuse or mock or make fun of somebody is me. I will say this too, I have experienced victory in these areas also though, so I know it can happen. And I think that that is what you said about the, the mental side of it. You, you've, you've got to win on the mental arena or you're never gonna get it to the physical end. Mm. And that's where God renews our minds on a daily basis. As we make choices to expose ourselves to his greatness, he, his greatness rubs off on us, and he creates righteousness. I actually heard someone, Gavin, along the lines of what you're saying, um, if you guys listened to Bot Radio today about an hour ago, uh, Chip Ingram had a Joe Dickerson, uh, something like that, and he was preaching a 10-part series. And he, and I know it sounds like I'm trying to float your ego, Gavin, I'm not. Um, but uh, he said something not near as well as you say it, but it was the same <laughs> thing. He said, you can either go to God with your pain or you can separate yourself from God because of your pain. Mm -hmm. Now, how Gavin says it is, is appropriate responses to pain brings healing. Inappropriate responses to pain brings more pain. And, uh, but, but the ultimate goal is to get them to come to God with their pain. And so, you know, wh why do we do these excesses? I mean, m my main reason for fill in the blank is because there's a pain in some area, and, and I'm compensating. I'm self-medicating, you know, uh, and, and it's wrong, mm. and it leads to unrighteousness. And we can, I was talking with another Christian this week about how we can use pain as a trump card to, to wallow in failure. Well, this has happened to me. And, and I, you know, everything's you against me. You don't know what I. Yeah. yeah you, you can't. There's no way you can relate to what I've been through, and, and that that is blasphemy in my thinking anymore. If you live in defeat because of something that's happened to you, and you're not willing to pursue honestly pursue healing, and you're a Christian, you're saying that God's not powerful enough to give you aids to get through that, and you may not be completely healed until till heaven. Right. Physically, mentally, or emotionally, but God will give you, in its stead, His presence, His power, and insight that you never had before. God is enough. Amen. You're gonna learn something about God you couldn't learn any other way. All right. Very good. So we're gonna move on to our Mount Rushmore of female Bible characters. Ryan, do you mind starting us off on this? Sure. Uh, number one, Mary, mother of Jesus, obviously. <clears throat> Two would be Eve. She's the mother of all humans, so has to be on the list. 
Uh, going right for the big ones. Be. <laughs> yeah. uh, number three, Esther. You know, pretty big deal, saving her people. Uh, and then the fourth one is lesser known. I couldn't remember her name. I can only remember the story. But Jail is her name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming she made multiple other people's lists too. But for anyone who hasn't heard the story, there was the, if I'm getting it right, the Israelites were under oppression from a certain regime, and the leader of that army got routed by the Israelites. And as he was running away, Jael invited him into her house and offered to hide him, or so he thought. So he goes in there, he says, please hide me. She says, sure, yeah, I'll hide you. So while he's hiding, he falls asleep, and she takes a tent spike and drives it through his head while he's asleep. And uh, frees the Israelites. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, she unfortunately wasn't on my list because uh, in my mind, I think I hit the four basic ones. I hope there's none of her genetics left in the <laughs> lady. What? <laughs> Lord help. No, we need some of that. We need some no, of we that. We do not. Yes, we do. There are other ways to hey, show. And I'm the messing. Lord worked I'm, through know, her I'm to messing. deliver the Israelites, and you don't whoa. want that in the, in the women's strain anymore. Don't want you want to keep talking? I okay, don't want so a the fourth spike <laughs> in my temple. If well, don't try yourself. to oppress Israel, and you won't have to hey, worry hey, about. Hey, it. I support Israel. There's no doubt. <laughs> okay, so uh, she didn't make it onto my list, and I was very I because there was I the four that I think of are the. I like my top four is Esther, like you said, a really big deal, and I just love her story. Um, and then Ruth, I've always, I've always loved her story and the kinsman redeemer concept of in 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 that culture and everything. Um, and then Rahab was also one because of the redemption story of that and the fact I that like about her. yeah, she wasn't she w- and she's in the genealogy of Jesus. That was a huge thing. Like I uh, Rahab is something special to me, and then. Mary, the mother of Jesus, yes. I feel like, again, you can't miss her. Those are good. So I, d- I did Ruth. Uh, she'd be number four. Um, there's a book on my desk, and I cannot remember the title. But, again, Bot Radio, I was listening to an, this author uh, on the love that Ruth discovered through Boaz and through Naomi and through God, essentially. And it, it, it's I'm looking forward to the read. Uh, and then Esther, number three, uh, you know, they've got a, a play coming out at the Branson, that mm. Sight Sound Theater yeah. on Esther. Abigail? Yeah. Does anybody else have Abigail? Okay. Now, help my memory, Gavin. Isn't Abigail... Nabal's. She was married to Nabal, right? Mm-hmm. Who was a fool. David needed some assistance, and Nabal had the ability to do it, and he and David had been helping him, right? And right. Nabal refused to pay, refused to help him, and so when he God took care of Nabal, uh, Abigail sounds like he had a stroke. Y- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Did no tent peg in his head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just had a stroke. This was after the time of JL. So, and then Mary, mother of Jesus. Uh, so, I, but this was good. It was a fruitful thought, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I enjoyed it. I've always, I can't really explain it, and this is going to sound terrible, but I, I'm thinking Abigail was quite the looker, you know, because uh, David was smitten. Uh, like at first sight. Yeah, right. And, and so. Uh, he would have done well to just stay, stick with Abigail. It, there's he no really doubt. would have. Yeah. Wise woman. But that, he, that wasn't even his first wife. He had another one. Oh, correct. Correct. Well, Saul's daughter. Yeah. All right, Gavin, you're four. Uh, Ruth, number four, and Naomi, I think, uh, yeah. 
pulled Interchangeable, her backwards. Interchangeable, right. Ruth had to know something about Israel's faith through, through Naomi, and there was something there that she was attracted to. So Ruth is a, a hero because she gave up her her people and followed Naomi back to uh, Israel and became, of course, Boaz's wife. And then Abigail, number three, number two, Abigail. Um, and I, I just so Abigail was on your list. Too? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Yep. Uh, smart. N- number two, <laughs> <laughs> aim bigger, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so Ab- I just picked women awesome. who I felt like were they were brave in situations that they they could have weaseled out on. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. Could have, could have. Abigail could have kept her mouth shut. Her husband would be dead. She'd have all the all yeah. the good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he he wound up dead anyway, but. Um, so and then Esther, number one, she was she's one of my favorite from the Old Testament. She took a real risk to approach the king about her people, and uh, basically rescued the the, the um, exiled people of Israel from a plan against them, right. fought against them. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, we got to keep moving. So the mystery topic. Brad, do you have the wheel? We are all the back on the wheel of mystery. We're all on the wheel. Oh, no. Yep, okay. Molly. So um, mine is kind of, I didn't pick it because of the millennial chapters that we're getting into here, but it, it kind of fits, but doesn't. So I just wanted your honest opinions about TikTok. What are your thoughts about TikTok? Is it good, bad, neutral? Is it dangerous? Is it safe? And what really is the problem? Like, what is your problem with it, if you have a problem with it at all? I'll start. It's cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I had For an one, idea of how, how do you this really feel, go. Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it wasn't owned by the CCP and they weren't using it to monitor us, right? Even if that was completely off the table, it's just so dumb. It's just mindless. If you look at, so they have TikTok in China, but it's not used for the same purpose. But over there, they have educational videos on it and what is what TikTok's for. But then over here we've got, you know, kids dressed up as animals twerking and, you know, just the most ridiculous mind-numbing things and kids spend hours scrolling through it. And I don't see any positive coming out of it other than an occasional, you know, funny meme or something like that, which doesn't really outweigh the cons in my opinion. Well, and I will push back just a little bit because, yes, definitely in the places where they have more monetization, like China, they're not going to allow those videos of kids Mm. twerking in animal costumes. They're going to have educational videos. But that doesn't mean that there's not educational videos happening here. It's just harder to find because of all of the fodder that's being put out. I Definitely, I'm not saying I'm not on pro TikTok, but to say that there is, it's a complete waste of time, I'm just a little iffy on it. Because in, in a lot of ways, it's, in my mind, it's the new YouTube. And YouTube has a lot of ridiculous things on mm-hmm. it, and it can definitely be mindless and not educational at all. But at the same time, you have a lot of channels that cover life skills, educational topics, and, and you know, so on and so forth. So if you are going, like, if you have... A desire to look for certain things, you mm. can find them on TikTok, I but it is know. not as easily as you know. How long? I don't. I'm not on TikTok. I just see it through other apps. Yeah. Uh, but how long is there a limit on how long a TikTok video is? Yeah, I. Well, I mean, it used to be like six seconds is how it first started. At least that's how Vine started, yeah. and then Vine became TikTok. It's longer now. Even if it was, what is it? 
three minutes, minutes now. Okay, okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't I wasn't gonna say because that's what Instagram's videos are too. I find I'm doubtful that you could fit anything very educational in three minutes. It's all about this. It's all about the uh, editing. You yes. have to only show. I'm not, like I'm short not saying things. it's not possible, <laughs> but I'm not willing to say that there is a vast enough to outweigh the cons. Sure. Amount of uh, educational content <laughs> on TikTok. Yeah. So. Uh, first of all, I, I have not availed myself to TikTok. I know about it, obviously. Uh, I know some people very close to me that spend a lot of time on it Don't. and the such. With that said, I, I believe that if you've got a child, you know, un still within your control, if you will, um, I would limit just as I would limit, and we did, a lot of exposure to the internet and computer time and, you know, things of that nature. And definitely not on their own. Because Correct. Because right. you can be scrolling even on YouTube yeah. and through and just something horrendous pop up just as, as yeah. you're scrolling through, on you TikTok. know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had that happen. My brother sent me something and I was like, I just scrolled down. Oh, holy smokes. Mm -hmm. So I, I think at the base, though, you know, if you took money out of your wallet right now, is that money good or evil? It's all moral. It can be used for both. And I think there is a certain level of that with the Internet and all the things that come with the Internet. Um, now, at some point in time, with some of these tools, if it's just so obvious that, that you know, that, okay, show me something that's positive, you know, and there's very little to nothing, you know, then you got to make a hard decision, right. you know. Uh, and and I, I will say this, that that I, I don't know of any family that I would think I want to follow their leadership that's saying, you need to get your kids connected to the Internet and have more time. Mm -hmm. Not not a one. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's the exact opposite. You need to absolutely limit the amount of time that they're exposed to that. You, gotta, you, need, you need to monitor it. You need to see who they're talking to. You know, look at all the kids that are being abducted by people that are starting conversations with them. And, you know, uh, this is a 14-year-old kid that your 14-year-old kid's talking. No, they're not. It's a 33-year-old creeper, uh, and he's got nothing but horrible designs for your child's life. So, And even if it's not a 33-year-old creeper, they can just buy the content they're seeing with sure. their eyes. It, it, horrible sure. designs, as you put it. Yeah, not a TikToker. I... I have seen a few of the the things that Ryan's talking about and just felt like my IQ was dropping like 10 points every mm -hmm. th three minutes. That'd be 30, 30 yeah. po IQ points. I can't afford that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I steer away from those things. Yes. yes. <laughs> Try to anyway. So here's my question to you, Molly. Are you surprised by our answers? No, not at all. Okay. Mm -mm. I just kind of wanted to have the yeah. topic of discussion and I don't have TikTok anymore. I deleted it because I, yeah, yeah. I, it was a waste of time. Like I would just sit there and scroll for hours. I'm like, what, what is this doing? And most of it, the algorithm is set up, like, especially if you don't block people, then yeah, you're going to see crap that you don't need to see. And, um, what the documentary that well Walsh did, uh, the, what is a woman? What is a woman? He talked about how a lot of the, um, 
teenagers, the transitions are happening, are being encouraged through this app because they're finding a community. It's where they're connecting with other people who are struggling with this. And so then they're getting encouraged in this. And so that's why they're, you know, they're, they're headed towards that way. It's, it's a, what is it? A doctor, they're being doctrinated through this. So social contagion. Yeah. 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 Uh, Like, uh, for instance, in the mental health area, it was, um, not multiple personalities. There's a new name for it now. Uh, Schizophrenia. No, they ca- there's a, a fancy new name for it. It's like multiple dissociative disorder, something like that. But that yeah, was yeah, actually yeah. a hashtag on TikTok. Kids coming out and identifying as having multiple personalities and making big long, you know, yeah. video series and about it, it. And, and it showing it their different personalities, like yes. with different names, and like they would change wow. their looks, the they would change of their the voice. System. I'm the such and such of this. Like just. Wow. Kids losing their minds and then and no, posting not. it online, bragging about it, and starting a community for other kids to join in on this type of thing. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I, we did get someone to text in saying that um, I always feel guilt when I'm on social media platform prior to spending time with the Lord. It makes me think about the message on Sunday when um, Gavin and Brad spoke about time and how you are spending this time. Um, if you have time for those things, we most likely could dive into the word, listen to a podcast, a sermon, worship music, anything more beneficial than that. Yeah. Even laying and staring into space <laughs> can be more beneficial. <laughs> anything <laughs> more beneficial than syrup. TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. All Any, right. Anything. Awesome. Thank you uh, for answering my question. I do have uh, another Mount Rushmore. This is from Jamie saying that Mary, JL, Hannah, and Esther. Yeah, you yeah, actually Hannah's said a good Easter. one. But yep. Esther, yes, Hannah is a good one. Um, and then also Layla said that her parents are more addicted to TikTok than me. So, again, it's not always the teenagers. I understand. It's Way to throw Larry under the bus. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> not her You, you raise them up. Where did they go wrong? Where'd you go wrong? Yeah. All right. So moving on to we're going to actually skip. Our next break <gasps> and hit the precarious moment. And if we have time at the end, we'll do a would you rather. I had a good one. So hopefully uh, we have time. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully we have time. Well, if we don't have much to say about the first three chapters on millennials, then we'll have time. Um, so again, we started up. I have to move on to the next section. We finished up with Israel last week, and now we are talking about millennials. And in this section, it says that the goal is to understand the values and attitudes of this unique age group and explore ways to empower them for maximum Christian impact in the future. And I think it's important to start with what he's got here. First Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. And so, you know, None of this, even if it comes across, none of this is meant to skewer our youth or put them down or anything. This is an effort to understand what they're going through, the pressures, if you will, uh, the things that they have to suffer and struggle with that is causing them to, if you will, be raised different than maybe the generations that we're a part of. I'm 57 years old, and even though I've always been slow to say, well, I I can't relate, I I went through crud stuff. I I had people, you know, beat me up and all that jazz, so I I got all that, but the bottom line is is that the amount, and and if you just, just TikTok, you know, I, I didn't struggle with that. Lord help. 
you no. know. Uh, I didn't have a cell phone in my hand until 20 years ago, you know, so I was completely done with all of my formative years. So it's certainly, I think, to a large degree, even if it's not more difficult, it's a different difficult. I think it's just more concentrated. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. it's just on every and, angle. And, and so we absolutely want our young people to know that they were, we're not hating on them and we're not putting them down. We're trying to understand them. And we're also trying to show them that, you know, every generation of young people has needed to raise the bar, you know, so that they do the best they can for the gospel. So this first section here, uh, who are these oft maligned individuals? So he, he's got a list here. Uh, the first two things at the bottom of page 138, uh, an increased use and familiarity with communications, media, and digital technologies. Uh, and then secondly, an increase in liberal approach to politics and economics. So, you know, uh, if you're my age or even close to it, you can remember in third grade, you started every day at school with the Pledge of Allegiance and a prayer every day at school. Well, they may do the Pledge of Allegiance. I think Edgar Murray does, but a prayer, no, uh, and, and the such. And, you know, we, we know now because of uh, a lot of these blankets, if you will, and I'm saying that in a figurative sense, being taken off of, of the liberal teachers that how what their our kids are being exposed to. It's just unbelievable some of the stuff that they're being taught at these formative ages. Um, I liked that they pointed out that <coughs> words such as absolutes and moral values are absent and being replaced with choice and preferences. So from the school system and from a young age, also from TV and from anything, like it said, the digital technology, so any kind of media and communications. The millennials, and it also talks about Gen Zers, are, we're being taught about, you know, it's your choice. Do what makes your heart happy, as, you know, it's Disney, Disney like to theology. Yeah. It's Disney yeah. theology. And that there, is makes no, you happy. there is no right or wrong. Right. It's only what makes you happy as long as it doesn't hurt someone else. And they bring that up in another chapter, too. But it always hurts someone else. And it hurts you too. Yeah. But you don't see that hurt until after the decision has been made. Well, w one thing that, that he pointed out here, um, the, there's four categories essentially uh, to these to the millennials, and that is uh, there's socialists. Uh, so millennials in this camp are looking for the government to offer services and products for free. Secondly, there's social justice warriors. These are the people that are fighting all of the. Uh, wrongs that they believe are wrong. Uh, and then uh, libertarians, uh, he says, although most young people don't like boundaries in their lives, especially when imposed by authority figures, for generations, civil authority has been accepted as appropriate and necessary. But this is now questioned and largely reje rejected by this group. And then number four, faith-driven millennials. So there, there definitely is a group within these millennials that are faith-driven. He says many believe faith and or Jesus is to be experienced and that their personal spiritual experiences are to guide their lives, often without direct reference to or application of Scripture. And, and that's the danger. Right. Uh, about Go ahead. Those are the people who say they're spiritual. Right, and, you know they do yoga, yeah, I, meditation. Not necessarily a like Christian, that. but I am spiritual. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, Oprah Winfrey is one of those that claims that. Um, now, I, 
did you guys hear this? And this was 99.1 about two weeks ago. Uh, I think it was the main lady early in the morning. And I say this in a good sense. She went on a tirade about how she's hoping and praying that there is fixing to come a spiritual breakthrough in Oprah's life. Because, you know, Oprah's like the rest of us. She's not getting any younger. She's going to meet God in the near future. And she met God early in her life. But because the preacher said that God is a jealous God, she she has said this more than once in her TV, you know, stuff. If God's a jealous God, I don't want nothing to do with him, you know, type thing. And so she turned her back on her early, you know, faith development in that respect. But but she's spiritual, you know, and she'll tell you she loves Cece Winan. And Cece Winan's song, The Goodness of God, she loves that. And believe for it. Right, right. And so, you know. Hey, if anybody can reach her, CC can. Yeah. <laughs> Lord help. I'd hate to God sick that woman on me type thing. You know, she she is a believer. She's strong. She loves the Lord and all that neat stuff. So that was a little bit of a side. Um, anything else on that chapter? Um, I, it does say, though, that these are just generalizations of the four main yes. groups of millennials. Yes. There is 4% of millennials that have a biblical worldview, but it is also the lowest percentage of generations right. so far. Yeah, yeah, you know, you've heard this, that the largest group of people are the nuns, N-O-N-E. What religion are you? Right, none. Protestant, Catholic, Baptist, none. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, the grow, it's the fastest growing segment of our population. Uh, which right. is an anomaly in and of itself, just <clears throat> because, like, even back in the pagan days of like the Old Testament and stuff, you believed in something. You believed right. in some kind of pagan god, but it's right. kind of a, a strange thing to believe in nothing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep uh, going back to that book. John John Smith ta- told us about it, the, the gift child or the gift mm-hmm. baby. Um, and that book just posits the, the theory that in every generation, God leaves a door open into their into their culture. And the, the closest thing that I could come to that or the only thing that has given me any hope for that for me personally is the question that you ask, is there anything in your life that left unchecked would ruin you or, or, or left yeah. unchecked is going to affect your life so negatively you won't live a fulfilled right. life? I think that's, that's a real good do- question or, or pathway into getting millennials to consider Christianity. Well, well let, me, let me give you an alternative. And, and, I, and I'm going to tell you, Molly doesn't know this, but coming to a house near them, uh, I want to sit down with Molly and Tony and work through this particular segment of the book and just say, okay, you guys are closer to this than I'll ever be. Is this accurate? And if it is, do you agree with it? H- how can we reach this group? You know, how can you help me? You know, type thing. And, and if there are any of those areas that any either one of them said, no, I don't really agree with that, th- th- you know, it's good to know too and the such. Um, Ryan, do you want to give us your would you rather? You're really sure. four minutes. Okay, here we go. So would you rather, you're on live TV in both instances, would you rather trip and fall at a fancy event on TV or would you rather have the easiest, most obvious answer to a game show and you miss it on live TV? Ooh. <laughs> I fear falling because I know something will break. So I think I would rather be <laughs> the blonde and miss the question. 
I think it would hurt more for me to to think of people all over the country saying, "You idiot!" Oh yeah, and it's going to be on it's going to be on TikTok and yeah. YouTube for eternity now. <laughs> so I'd rather take the fall. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's so. I'd rather. Yeah, I trip and fall everywhere anyway. It's just I, I've come pretty good at it. There you go. I'd take the fall too for sure. Right. So, I is it my turn to do, go ahead? Yeah. No. You, right. uh, the word of start. wisdom. Uh, but but I got to share this with you. We got three minutes, according to my thing here. I, I did. Sorry, Brad. I didn't send you the pic. I'll I'll walk around and show you the pic here in a minute. But my friend, this is a true story. My friend in northeast Arkansas followed a truck for three city blocks to tell him that he has a pipe wrench about to fall off of his truck. You have to know Kevin to really understand why he would do that. Kevin's just that kind of guy. The guy says, oh, you're going to hate me. <laughs> he says, it's welded to the truck. <laughs> I did that to back off all the people that drive too close. <laughs> you may see one of those on my truck soon. <laughs> so, uh, let's see, where do I have say, it so here? What's the word of wisdom? Was that, just, Good. was that free? That was free. Good and bad travel on parallel tracks and often arrive at the same time. Very good. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives for next week and share the word on your socials, even TikTok. Good night and God bless. <laughs>